Guys, welcome to another episode, episode four of Metal Mastermind. Your host, Jason Stallworth, and co-founder of Metal Mastermind, hosting as well. Ken Candelis. Ken, morning, I, totally my friend. I forgot what we're talking about today, man. <laughs> I know. You started talking about the podcast before we even got on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, Ken and I, we always have a chat, guys, before we start the actual podcast and just kind of catching up with one another and and I started talking about some things I've been, you know, really uh, getting into this weekend, trying to to work out. And um, Ken's like, dude, that's the podcast. And I'm like, well, crap, let's uh, <laughs> Ken's like, let's hit record. Let's just do this. OK, <laughs> so, yeah, this is all about mental toughness and mental toughness. Uh, yeah. Keeping what is sacred to you close at heart. Yeah, uh, this is I feel like something that we all struggle with on a daily basis, um, being mentally tough. And what does it mean to be mentally tough? Uh, what do you think that means for you? Mentally toughness is something that I didn't have as a child, you know, and I'll, I'll briefly kind of touch on what you and I were discussing before we hit the record button here. Yeah. Uh, I always, uh, I always looked at myself as lesser than other people. It seemed like I got the joke two or three weeks later. I had to watch the movie three times to get it, that sort of thing. And I was just, I always felt like I was behind the curve. Uh, academically, I, I was, uh, even growth wise when I was growing up, I, I was that, you know, those are facts, but my state of being, my state of mind was reflective of that, right? So I kind of went through life and even into adulthood thinking that something was wrong with me. You know, I, I wasn't just up to par. So I really had to uh, dig deeper over these past several years, and especially right now. You know, I'm looking into some things. And Ken, we won't get too deep into this, but I'm, I'm looking in the different states of consciousness having to do with our beta state of conscious, like what we're kind of been throughout the day, just, you know, yada, yada, working, doing whatever, uh, and then getting into the alpha state of consciousness and even going further into that, what is it, theta and delta states. Uh, but the alpha state is where we really start to get these creative ideas and where we really start to just kind of filter out the negative things in life and maybe even the negative things that we tell ourselves from time to time because again this is something that i never really talked about this much uh on on here and on my channel but this is this is uh stuff i've struggled with over the years uh, i'd like to say i don't struggle with it as much today but it still rears its head at times so i'm trying to dig a little deeper in, into that be more mentally tough uh you know ken to do what you and i do to be independent musicians to do this podcast, to be out there on YouTube and that sort of thing, we have to have some thick skin, right? And we'll talk yep. about the social media comments in a little bit too. We'll get to that. But yeah, that's a, mental toughness to me is really just a state of mind where you're confident in, in taking firm steps of action and really not letting the outside world impact your vision for your life. Yeah, totally agree. And it's, difficult to find that for yourself when you're young, which to me, I was always also pretty self-reserved. I'm very much an introvert, but I can be extroverted when I want to be. But when I was growing up, I was very much like shy and trying to uh, kind of hide away most of the time. My brother, I remember when I was about 15, 16 years old, uh, he, he got me involved in doing things that were, you know, basically like sales marketing and stuff like that and helping uh, kind of help him to start his own uh, business and stuff like that. And I remember I was, you know, going out into, into the streets, trying to get people to come down to uh, conferences and stuff like that. And, new recruits and whatnot. And I think it was an MLM to be honest, but the, <laughs> I remember was, those dude, I've been in play. <laughs> it, yeah. We were, uh, we were trying to do this thing and I was learning quite a bit uh, about, you know, just how to talk to people. And that was a very important part of my life in terms of gaining the skill to be able to be in front of others and, try to express myself clearly, you know? So when I got to college, I was one, I was already out of that business. I 
decided that was definitely not for me. And I decided to pursue music. But I remember uh, I had recently broken up with a girlfriend and I just went into this almost kind of laser focused hibernation mode of just working on my own self-esteem and working on my own work music wise and technique wise and drumming wise and that was a really transformative part of my life i think i went several years without being in a relationship and i just honed in on this is what i was doing this is what i was doing this is what i was doing yeah i guess there are some drawbacks to that you know you kind of get a little awkward with certain things in life but it was a really good part of my upbringing. I felt it was strengthening my will and determination on what I wanted to do. I feel like many times our mental toughness, it doesn't come so much from like inspirational quotes and all this kind of stuff, but it comes from having to go through crap and having to be a little traumatized, to be honest. And from that experience, you, you know, you grow from out of your shell and you start to understand what matters to you and what doesn't. You have to, you have to, you have to go through that process to really realize how strong you actually really are. In my opinion. Focus has a lot to do with that too, man. You know, you're talking about you, you, and guys, we go through seasons in life. You know, you, we go through phases and, and I like to call them seasons because uh, just like our four seasons that we have, which I live in Florida, we really only have two seasons. It's either stupid hot or not as hot, <laughs> uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, up there in New York and you've, you've got seasons, right? Yeah. And just as the leaves change, change colors and just as, as they, they die off and they fall and then they come back again. Uh, so tis our life, if you want to put it that way. Uh, and I think that those some of those seasons require immense focus. And I think that's a way to build me- mental toughness because during the time you were focusing, and it's not like you were focused on something negative. You were focused on something that you want to do with your life. Uh, I think that's almost a requirement if you want to be great at something. And you know, I look at someone like you, you're still, what are you, what are you in, in your, I know we're talking age now, dude. I'm, I'm almost 48. I'll be 48 in May. You're what, Ken? You're, you're 30, 30, turning 30, 31 yeah. in March. Such a young dude, right. To, to be a full-time musician, to be an educator, right. I mean, we're educators on metal mastermind, but you, you've also, you're also teaching college level courses as well. You're a professional audio engineer. So, that time that you were mentally tough enough to block everything out and zero in and focus. I think that's a form of building mental toughness as well. Um, and that's something I did not do in my early years. I played guitar. That was a, that was a really sharp focus that I always had. Uh, one of the things that helped me though, you know, you're talking about going through certain things, uh, being a smaller kid, of course I was picked on a lot. So, I decided, hey, well, I'm going to start lifting weights, you know. So I started lifting weights around that time. I started playing guitar. I was, you know, I was 14 around that time. Picked up guitar at 15, and uh, that was one of the things. And, and I never turned into a big bodybuilder or anything like that. I it, it took me years to pack one size, but, but I did that as kind of a uh, to give me more mental toughness. Um, you know, I was doing it for different reasons. I'm like, well. You know, I'll, maybe I'll get a girlfriend if I if I get jacked or, or maybe uh, nobody will pick on me at least, you know, and it turned into something I just fell in love with. And that that one thing, even through some of the really poor decision making I made in my 20s and even early 30s, some um, uh, that kept me from going completely over the edge, you know, many times in life. So there were there were times where I were not mentally tough in some areas, but I had this other focus that kind of kept me from going way over the edge if that makes sense yeah and to be honest what we share in all of that is just a huge love for metal (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know that genre of music and this is why we do what we do for metal musicians is metal has always been there as an escape you know you get you get into a a funk and you put on some mega death or you put on holy wars <laughs> and you're just like oh man really rocking out right you get all this angst and or you go into a show and you get into the pit and you release all that anger 
into the pit and it's it's healing right so you get yeah. all these sort of mental blockages in a sense like removed from yourself when you listen to metal and that's one of the reasons why i love it so much it's it's a great form of just listening you know you get music as as a very not only exciting and aggressive form of music but it it's also many times of very intelligently written and there's a lot yes. of isms from classical music in metal which is i i think honestly if mozart was still alive today he'd probably be a <laughs> I'm almost certain of that. Yeah, they I'm would pretty sure he would. He he's, I mean, he's he was such a rebel in the way he composed music, yeah. and he was a fanatic of it. I, I feel like how how could he not be in a sense? Um, it's funny you bring that up too. The, the orchestration of metal music, and I, I know there there are different subgenres, but just as a whole, uh, the majority of metal is very well orchestrated you know i started out listening to uh, metallica i never forget you know purchasing my first heavy metal tapes these are cassettes justice and puppets and i think we've talked about this before but i remember putting headphones on uh the sony walkman was like a really big deal back then by the way so uh, we would put head i'd put headphones on and just it would take you to another realm it would take you to just another place um and I always loved even Metallica's instrumentals, Orion. I know Lars hates playing that song. They're like, well, I don't ever want to play this again, <laughs> you know. But the orchestration in that, you know, from the bass lines to the harmonizing guitar parts, or there are a lot of there were some harmonizing rhythms. Um, then and I know I'm talking about just Metallica here, that you know, the list goes on of metal bands that, that well orchestrate their music like that. But I don't know, just it just takes you to another place. It's soothing, it's calming, and it's like whatever issues you had that day or thought you had they just don't exist during you know that that time you're listening some and this i think may be a way to segue a little bit into the second half of our podcast but what being sacred to you means right some people listening to music is their sacred thing yeah. it's the shrine right i could definitely say the same thing there are certain times where I just come into my studio and I don't want to do anything but just listen to high quality music. Uh, or you feel inspired. And this is kind of getting into those, um, you know, brainwaves you were talking about, like alpha, uh, delta, theta, all which are very interesting. I believe like theta and delta waves, aren't they? waves that we experience when we're like a deep rest and sleeping deep and stuff sleep. like that right yeah yeah and by the way and I, I don't remember who it was i i and i hate when i can't remember things <laughs> i'm learning how to remember uh, to improve my memory by the way that'll change by next <laughs> podcast <laughs> but i can't remember if it was uh it was one of the the inventors uh in any case they would sleep uh, they'd take a nap on the couch and they would hold a steel ball in their hand and they had a plate on the floor. So they knew as they started to fall asleep, well, they would drop the ball onto that plate and that would wake them up. They did that because they knew that they would be in their alpha state at that point. Cause the alpha is kind of when we're almost, you know, falling asleep. So our minds start to calm down a little you know or a lot rather and then these are when ideas flow if you've ever heard people say and maybe you've done this i know i've done this uh waking up in the middle of the night with this crazy idea so they just get to work on it at 3 a.m or whatever the case is and you know they're probably in that that, that delta state or a theta state at that point you know uh so you use it it's like okay i got this cool idea um i remember sylvester stallone i believe yeah. he wrote one of the scripts i didn't i think it was the first rocky script uh he had stayed up 24 hours to write a movie script you know i'm sure he tweaked it later or whatever but he just stayed up because he was in that state i'm like okay i, I need to i need to remain in this state and continue getting these ideas out there so yeah yeah i can relate i feel like that's like cracking the code of our biological brain neurons <laughs> i think so, we have so, so much true. More power yeah we have so much more power than we think you know we uh i, I think we we short ourselves a lot. I did throughout my entire life, and I'm trying to get you know, I'm trying to get better at that. Uh, 
you know, in today's world, we can kind of touch on this a little, Ken, if you want, um, with social media. And I don't want to say social media is a bad thing. It only reveals who people really are, if you think about it. But uh, as you guys listening, you might you might be afraid to post your guitar riff out there because you might get negative comments, you know, or something like that. This is kind of where we go back to mental toughness. And I think mental toughness uh, means being confident in what you're doing, which obviously you want to practice to get to a certain level. Uh, but being confident in taking that firm step, putting yourself out there and not worrying about what other people think or what other people say. I know a lot of people will say they don't they don't care what people think, but I think deep down most of us do. I think that sometimes those comments can can get to us. Uh, I'm fortunate I don't get very many of those, but I do get them. <laughs> I dealt with one a couple about a week or so ago, and uh, I won't dive into that. But it's like I think it's like because I didn't respond to them right away, so they they sent me a message back and saying, "Oh." Uh, you you don't you think you're too good to respond i don't like your music anyway something to that effect you know and um and you get things like that and sometimes things like that can bother you a little but you have to remember okay well i've got this armor of mental toughness around me this just doesn't affect me i'm going to keep moving forward with what i'm doing because i'm confident in that and these are the firm steps that i know i need to take to move forward regardless of what anyone thinks yeah you have I mean, we're social creatures by nature, so I think that's just going to be inherent with us for the rest of our lives. Yeah. I, I think it's all a matter of training yourself on responding in a certain way. And that, I think so. We choose how we respond, too. You know, we make that we, choice into how we respond, right? You know? Yes, it, it, because instinctually, it's probably just a reaction. You know, somebody says, yeah. you know, hey, screw you, man. You're just like, well, screw you, too. Right. So <laughs> we have we have an instinctual response that we have to control. That is never easy to do. So it, when you have a moment of, you know, call it vulnerability and you're being called out or you're being critiqued or you're being called names, those emotions that you feel has to be restrained in a way where you can put aside the emotional response and respond intellectually how it best suits that situation not doesn't work all the time <laughs> but what you it's it, a valid point though ken what you're what you're talking about is extremely valid uh you know and, and this is something we can control a lot of times when people act out or we, we feel emotional about something, you know, people will say, well, I can't control that, but we can, we can control that. You know, we have the power within us. And I think this is where it kind of comes back to being in that higher state of mind, that higher state of being to where we're not acting animalistic, like, okay, well, you hurt me. So I'm going to, you know, bite back sort of thing, but you can be mentally tough because mental toughness is not biting back. Well, I'm, I'm right. going to say something even meaner. Well, that's not mental toughness. Mental toughness really is restraint a lot of times, like you're saying, and and not having that initial emotional response. But maybe maybe not responding at all. Maybe sometimes just deleting it. If if the comment doesn't add any value and it's just somebody being hateful, um, maybe you just get rid of it. It's like, okay, that's, this doesn't belong here. So boom, gone. And then it's gone from your mind. It's kind of like a... And you can talk some about meditation, Ken. I, this is something I've, uh, I I do kind of an act of meditation with deep stretching, my lower back and hamstrings. You could call it yoga. I call yep. it Jason's stretching routine. So I do that. But I'm starting to get into what's called dynamic meditation. And that's uh, as you're meditating, visualizing what you want your life to be. Your brain doesn't know the difference between the reality that we're living right now and what you're imagining life is like and the more we feed our brain that will things start to react so of course uh yeah i'm not going to get weird and cuckoo on you and say all these magical things start happening but i do believe that it triggers something in our brain because now we're living this new reality that we're that we're creating in our mind so we act accordingly our actions are, are going to be different right even right. at a subconscious level so and i know you meditate as well ken right yeah I meditate 
And sometimes there are, well, here's what I would say about what you just mentioned is some people will refer to things, you know, like the law of attraction and all this kind of stuff. And I don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to like the, the laws of attraction and stuff like that, but I do understand the concept of you reap what you sow. So simple, right? Very, very simple. And I think most of the time it just kind of boils down to as things in life react to whatever energy you're putting out there. So, I mean, maybe that's at the core of what the law of attraction is. I don't know, but the idea of being, okay, everybody at the end of the day can't just wish for a life that happens, right? Right. right. It has to be made. So the, the, the important takeaway is in order to get that, you have to first shift the way you're thinking to be able to be in line with the resolution that you're after. So right. how do you do that? Well, it's just little by little, man. It's not, it's not something that it switches a light bulb overnight and all of a sudden it magically all your problems go away. You know, you have to chip away at it. It's just like a sculpture. And every time you change course, you throw away that sculpture and you start chipping on a new one. And it, and you realize that the sculpture is just, it's, it's thick. There's a lot of marble to cut through and it takes time. So you can't expect that any of these sorts of methods of trying to change a mentality I and mean, we're habitual creatures. So we have this already built in like rhythm and workflow for ourselves. We're not going to switch overnight. We have to work at it. It's it's you start with like one half, you know, you don't, maybe that's, you just don't leave any dirty dishes in the sink. So every time you eat or every time you drink something, you clean it, right? That's, that's a discipline that you start to put into yourself. And this could be anything. It could be, okay, uh, my my dream is to be the best drummer in the world, uh, or not even necessarily the best drummer in the world, but a drummer that is on a professional level that's playing these big, giant stadium gigs and stuff like sure, that. Sure. And if that's the case, well, okay, what do you need to do to get there? First, you need to be really freaking good. <laughs> so yeah. that practice. that's practice. And then number two is you need a network. You need to you need to meet people. You need to go out there and build an audience. You need to build connections in the industry to get you into those places. So you got to go out to gigs. You got to go out to events and meet some folks. Right? Those are important things to do. You're not going to do it at in, you know in your at home in your basement. Right. You have to be able to be out there because hey, you want to play the stadium gigs. That's out there. <laughs> I'm 100% with you on that. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. It's not like you can go, I'm going to get into my alpha state and, and, and meditate every day for whatever whatever time and, and things are going to magically happen. You know, it's, it's more about allowing your mind to go to that state and getting rid of the things in your head that, that are junk. It's kind of like, you know, we, I'm cleaning out a lot of my music gear, cleaning out stuff in the house because, you know, just trimming the fat, so to speak, getting right. rid of it, stuff we don't use, don't need. I got a rule. If we haven't used it in six months, let's not question it. It's gone. <laughs> you know, right. so uh, crap. I just sold a guitar. I'm selling another guitar because I'm minimizing some of my gear. Um, you know, we talked about that gear acquisition on our on our, on our last podcast. Uh, but it's, it's more about, you know, getting into that mental state, that, that proper mental state that you need to be in to make good decisions in order to make the appropriate actions. And it goes back to what you're saying. If you want to be a top drummer, playing professionally in, in stadiums well, you got to get good. Well, you can't do that by sitting around meditating, right? You, you do that by practicing. Uh, but I think the, the meditative part of that will help you get into the proper mental state, get rid of the junk in your head and will allow you to focus more. It's almost like a prep. It's almost like warming up before yes. you do a big set in the gym, right? I'm not, I'm not going to go put a, you know, 400, 400 pounds on the squat rack and try to squat that my first set. I'm going to warm up my knees first, right? I'm going to warm up. Right. So this is kind of like a mental warm up type thing. And I, and I'm not even really that, I've never been that big on meditation itself. 
uh, you know, because there are different ways to do that. There are different ways to prep. But I'm just trying trying some new things to uh, just to hopefully trigger my mind to take some more powerful actions. You know what I mean? So uh, just just moving forward, you know, we're testing, constantly testing ourselves and seeing what works better, what doesn't, just like we do in the studio. Right. I think the key part of all this is to keep it simple, man. You have to it is, yeah. you, you, you can't overcomplicate your your vision and your dreams you have to set something that is something that's simple that you you know you want and it's a good enough reason and a compelling enough reason to be your why to do all of this right some people it's different right everybody's different with with that with that reason but when you overcomplicate the reason it makes it harder to justify the action so keeping that and we've even done this even with our own like planning we talked about this in episode one one yeah <laughs> of just being uh able to to assess your year and plan your year out and that information we 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 felt for us that simplifying that process was actually even easier for us to maintain hitting our goals yeah so you know metal mastermind has its own goals you know, my music has its own goals. Jason's music has its own goals. But at the end of the day, all of these things that we do, especially me specifically talking with Jason, we're doing something where our goals are in line. So I know that whatever it is that I do in life, Jason's going to be a part of it because we have in line parallel goals towards a very similar destination. When you're not around people that are in line with that, that's another cause to get in the way. Jason, you and I have both experienced that. And I'm sure many of our listeners have too. Uh, We call it dead weight. (laughs) Dead weight. It is Like Mr. T said, you're some dead meat. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's, it's, It's an anchor to your goals and dreams. And... Sometimes you just got to accept that the people that you're around are not fit for that golden dream. You know, not everybody can go, not everybody can sit at the round table and that's a difficult decision, but sometimes it's the decision we need to make in order to make progress in what we're doing. If, if I, if I never asked those band members, I would have never been this far in my career. Uh, That's just a simple fact. Uh, and I'm I grateful. It, yeah. I'm grateful for uh, the experiences, and I'm, you know, I'm grateful for the good times that we had. Uh, I'm also grateful that, uh, you know, nobody was physically hurt in that debacle of a, oh, man. of a, of, 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 <laughs> a, of a breakup of the band. You know, it was it was messed up. But at the end of the day, everybody did their own thing. We're I'm doing my own thing, and. I'm here with Jason and we're making stuff happen right now. So I can only be grateful because it led to this, right? So you have to be, you have to be very cognizant that things will work out. Things will, things will work out. Even if you're going through the trenches right now, things will work out and you just have to see it to the other side, man. There is a light at the end of the tunnel of all this stuff. So just remember why it is that you're doing this and what kept me through it was when I was creating Homeric, my, my whole entire idea of Homeric became something larger than uh, just making like an album. It was becoming uh, like really a world. I was kind of creating this story and music and artwork was being made for, and it became this whole identity kind of of its own. And I said, this is like, in a sense, like a living, breathing thing to me, right? It's almost as if it was like my, my, my pet. <laughs> I had to keep feeding it to be alive, you know, otherwise it'll die. And that became honestly, one of the biggest things as my purpose in life is that this creative endeavor that I was doing is it has to be out there in the world. And I, I can't just let that go. Um, Sometimes this is 
this is a meme, or I don't know if it's necessarily a meme, but it's a phrase that I've seen, you know, sometimes holding on is the thing that hurts the most. But in this case, it, 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 it doesn't feel like that. Because the difference between what happened with my band and what, what's going on with Omeric was that the band thought that the music was about the band. And that wasn't the case. You see, right. it was, it was, it was an entire story about the, the soul. That's, that's kind of what I was trying to do. I mean, it's about Dante's Inferno, right? So <laughs> that's the journey of the soul through hell. And it was, it's a larger story than, than just of the people that were around me. And I remember that the, the that this was the thing that for me made it so clear. And I, I just said, what, what is, what is Homeric to you? I asked my bandmate and he said, uh, it's a brotherhood. And I said, uh, one, I'm flattered, <laughs> but it's wrong. It's wrong. Cause it's, that's not what it's about. It's not about us. It's not about the people that were in the band. It's, it's, you had a greater no vision, a much bigger vision. You know? It's a much bigger vision than, you know, you're talking about this, this, this ideal and it's, it's art. Really, at the end of the day, it's a, it's it's a piece of art, um, and that's what what kept me doing it because it's like I knew that yes, it, it it came from my mind and all this kind of stuff, and we could attribute authorship and all this stuff too. But I've always felt that my creative creations were always detached from me for some reason. I don't know, like I'm just like this funnel of ideas that just kind of end up being on this living breathing piece you're of art a conduit yeah you're like yeah. a conduit and you're you, exactly. going tying mental toughness back into what you're saying you know you had to develop some mental toughness to break away from that because that that's really hard to do to break away from not only bandmates but friends you know that maybe they have some habits that you want to get rid of or, or didn't want to partake in because that was holding you back. Uh, the vision was different, you know, to them. Hey, you know, it's, it's a metal band. We're in a metal band. It's a brotherhood. Sure. Well, your vision is much greater than that. Now, to, in a practical sense, in, in that situation, and those of you who may experience it, or if you ever do experience it, I think you have to make the decision on whether this project that you have, this vision that you have, because some of you listening have something like that brewing within, within you. Are you going to make this a band where, hey, we're the band, okay, it's a bigger vision, or are you going to just claim complete ownership and anyone that plays in the band will be a hired gun, right? And I, and I feel like if you played live with Homeric somewhere, if if, if there's a stadium, there's, you know, a producer said, hey, you know, I want you to play at the stadium, you probably wouldn't seek out band members for Correct. Homeric. You would probably seek out hired guns like, hey, this is your role. You yes, know? Yeah. So that's that's a that's a path that you can take and when it comes to something like that. I think Dave Mustaine sees Megadeth in that light. A lot of people joke and say, Well, it's not Megadeth, it's just Dave Mustaine. Well, Dave Mustaine owns the company or the corporation, Megadeth, whatever it is. I don't know if it's LLC or Corp, but he owns that. That's you know, that's what he created, right? Uh so yeah, I mean I think that most of the people in the band at this point anyway probably realize and, and they're probably getting a lot of perks or whatever getting paid well but they probably realize at the end of the day that they're they're higher guns for megadeth you know even though they're in the band megadeth that could be cut off at any moment right uh chris right. broderick i read his story when he was with megadeth you know when he talked about leaving he's like you know i just i didn't I didn't want to go back into the studio and work on an album where I would not have any creative input. So he felt it was time for him to move on to something else, you know? So, uh, but in any case though, Homeric, you could have higher guns. If you guys listening have a project like that, that's much bigger than just a band, you know, you can have, you can hire people, hire that out. Yeah. And it just ended up being what worked for me. Uh, it, it's not, going to be what works for everybody like i also play in another band called four trips ahead where we are very much a four-piece a four-piece band you guys um, sound good too by the way like I, I gotta give you props on here man i i all this time we've known each other four trips ahead is in four is spelled out right f-o-u-r four trips ahead you guys look that up on on spotify itunes or whatever but um for the first time i'm like let me 
check Ken's band out. We've been business partners and friends all these years, and I've never actually listened to this. Shame on me. And that's a <laughs> dude, it's a it's refreshing because it's really just solid, really good, solid rock and roll, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think I feel like that's I won't get too deep into this, but I feel like that's a gap in today's music. Uh, you either got like radio friendly pop stuff or whatever, or you've got super extreme metal. It's just, it's just not uh, you don't hear a lot of and I shouldn't say you don't hear a lot of good music in between. But I, I don't know. I, I think that you guys deserve props for that because it's a solid band. You guys remind Thanks, me a man. bit of my friend Cliff's band in Tampa here, Quasi Mojo. Uh, Cliff's the guy I, I go to replay guitar exchange and film some of my videos at, but you guys, if you two bands went on tour together, it would work out quite well, <laughs> but it's just, <laughs> you know, yeah. Four trips ahead is solid, solid rock and roll, man. I enjoy that. Well, I want to highlight this difference because, you know, I just mentioned an entire story about how my band members in Homeric were not the right band members. Right. But I've never been a part of a band like four chips ahead ever in my life where the band itself was so well rounded in they knew where their role lied so well that's a blessing because that's really hard to come by and maybe partially because the members of the band are are older folk than me i'm the youngest guy in the band and I joined their band 2014. <laughs> so it's quite, a, I've been with them for quite a while, but I've always felt like my place in Four Trips Ahead, even though we're all equal in terms of, you know, as members of the band, we all, we, we all know um, where our place is, which is, you know, like, for example, our lead singer, Peter, is a great leader. He, he really knows how to balance the band, but he also knows how to take control when he needs to. And that's necessary. And that's, that's a thing about ego where all the other members of the band, yes, we, we, we all get our fair share of input and we get writing credit and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we look to Peter. We look to Peter to lead us. And that's important because you can't have multiple alphas in a band. You really can't. You really need yeah, one. You And maybe this is a, an authoritarian way to think about it, but I look at it as it's easier to look to one person in that situation and say, okay, what are we going to do? Um, because if you have too many minds trying to decide what to do and trying to take control over. Oh no, let's just do this. This is my idea. You know, you get all this kind of complication. That's, that's a recipe for disaster because you can't have more than one alpha, honestly. So, and you told me, Ken, that it's, that it's actually refreshing being in this band because you do know your role, you know, your role as a drummer and your, your role as a participant. And even in writing you, you're very comfortable in that, you know, your role and you know, not to overstep, right. Uh, Right. You're not going to tell the bass player, Hey, you, you played that wrong or whatever, or tell Peter how to do his job, you know? So, uh, I think that's that's really important, and it makes the, it makes everything work so much smoother. Going back to what you said earlier, and to what we talked about in episode one, and annual planning is simplifying things, not overcomplicating things. Right? You you get a bunch of alphas in the room where you're gonna have you're gonna have complexities, and it kind of goes along the line with uh, someone told me one time that if you chase two rabbits, you won't catch any. <laughs> you're just going to, yeah, you're going to be going back and forth, butting heads, you know, and just not really going anywhere. Whereas if everyone is, knows their role and is comfortable with that, you can, you can absolutely move forward. Um, kind of brings us to, and in, in, in even talking about Homeric and how you handled that and how you think of Homeric uh, as something, you're, you're like a conduit to something greater than you. We go into what is truly sacred to you. That's a sacred project to you, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's um, America is my magnum opus. Um, it's your it's my greatest work to be, you know, very honest. And and that's something that I I understand now with uh, with other like 
I don't know, call it like people in history and their eureka moments, right? Those yeah. are, though I get those now um, after working so hard and long at something like this. And, you know, whether or not Homeric ever does anything as a, as a public entity, it's just, to me, it, it's, it's what's, what's inside me that needs to come out. And that's, that's simple enough for me to have to keep doing it. Like this has to be out there in the world, something that's contributed to that. Um, I can't let this stay and buried. So it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> well, it's um, sacred in a sense, though, too, that you also have some hard coded rules around it. Uh, there yeah. are, meaning there are some areas of it and some things about Homeric that you're just not going to compromise. Somebody could come Absolutely. in, in other words, and, and say, hey, Ken, well, you know, if you want this to be a hit song, you need to just change it and write it this way. And Ken's going to be like, no, this is sacred. This part yeah. is sacred, right? doesn't mean you don't take advice or at least don't listen, but some things are just that sacred to you that you're confident in taking that firm step. I think taking firm steps are important. Going with that intuition uh, with the things that are sacred to you is like, no, this is this is how I'm moving forward. So it's yeah. extremely, and I think we all have things that are sacred to us. Uh, and if you don't, you know, if you're trying to think, well, man, I don't, I don't really know what's sacred to me. That's going to be your challenge this week. I want you to figure out what is sacred. It may not be one specific thing like a project, but it may be a certain path that you want to start taking. Uh, and hey, I encourage you, go all in on that. Make that thing sacred to you. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll say this one last thing about Homeric, which is that the there's a mission with Homeric that kind of was spurred from when I started to learn how to market myself as an indie musician which was that there is a i want to i want to blur the lines between what an indie producer and artist can make versus what a commercial artist can make i think we're at a point in this in this industry and we're talking you know technical and you know even politically with everything that's going on we have the internet now right everybody can kind of be their own person online how how can we can, can we even differentiate the difference between somebody who is completely self-sufficient who's completely you know doing this on their own versus someone who's got an entire label back behind them is there a difference and can we blur those lines and can we restore a sense of high quality music back to mainstream because that was one thing that really bugged me and i i know jason you'll agree but i'm sure many of us agree and i feel like it's something that we talk to our friends and neighbors but we we still see it being done on the mainstream which is mainstream sounds so you know uninspiring and it's so shallow or you know that i i I've always struggled with, you know, like, especially in New York radio, like the radio here in New York sucks. <laughs> just like I'm listening to the music on the radio. I'm just like, oh, dude, there's no substance here. There's yeah. no substance here. And I always feel like music that's being created nowadays has a lot of just quick turnaround. Got to do this because we got to make this money. And that's that, you know, and it's not really about the art itself. You know, I feel like. We, we lose a little bit of that over the course of modern music making. Um, and maybe that's just because we live in an, you know, an influencer world and Instagram and Facebook, and it's just all immediate gratification and this kind of stuff. Maybe that's part of it. But I, I, I strongly believe that my, my music is meant to, to sort of challenge that, 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 that standard of what should modern music sound like and can we make music that's different um that's what i'm really trying to to do here and this is another thing this is another uh you know keeping certain things sacred what is sacred to you it, it may be 
a certain way you write songs, right? And and because that's sacred to you, you're not going to compromise on the way you write this song. Right. Um, and, and there's a couple paths you can go. You can go the path of like, well, I've got to just try to nail down that that popular formula, that song formula, and I need to just cater it to that so it'll hit big. Rather than doing that, having a method is like, you no. Know, this sounds a little different and it's sacred to me. So I'm going to record it that way. Now, some of you guys, and we, we kind of traveled down this road on the last podcast, but some of you guys may say, well, what's sacred to me is recording with vintage amps and miking it up the old school way. You know, you guys know I, I use a mic amp. Sometimes I use amp sims. I, I, this album I'm working on now, I'm combining both together because it makes sense. And I'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later, but uh, probably on another podcast or on my channel, but Maybe maybe the sacred thing for you is using vintage amps. Maybe the sacred thing for you as a singer is you refuse to use auto tune. That's okay, you know. I'm not, and I'm saying you should or shouldn't. But if that's sacred to you, I think you should hold on to that, right? I think you should do it that way. Uh, again, you might have a certain style that may not be popular, you know, uh, right. among the masses. Um, well, Homeric, you know, that's a good example, dude. I mean, this is this is cinematic, uh, symphonic death metal you know uh and it's orchestrated like none other you didn't really follow any format you're not trying to write a song that's going to be massive you know make a massive hit on the radio however it doesn't mean that that your songs can't get into a movie or something grow from that you know so there there are all these possibilities more possibilities that may come up because you held on to your values you know and what you knew was sacred for homeric yeah man you gotta you gotta write music that you truly enjoy man otherwise it comes off like you're trying to be something that you're not (laughs) you 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 can't just follow trends just to follow trends man you gotta you gotta set your own trend man maybe that what you make is the thing that people are going to follow after that just saying (laughs) you know trendsetters don't know that they're setting a new trend. <laughs> they have no idea. Yeah, person, the person that that invents something really cool and crazy, they they didn't necessarily follow some other formula. They're like, hey, I've got this weird and crazy idea, and usually all the awesome things that that we have now, uh, right. from albums to books to technology, were probably things that that people shot down. It's like, oh, that's never going to make it. I, I, Sylvester Stallone's one of my favorite people. I, I love his mental toughness. Uh, yeah. But, you know, when he was making his his films, the Rocky films, you know, they were like, okay, well, this isn't going to work. He finally got, in, got it in front of somebody that was willing to accept it, but they said, well, we got to find an actor. And Stallone's like, uh, no, that's me. And Stallone turned down that deal because they wouldn't let him act in it. So he kept pushing. That was sacred to him. He was unwilling to compromise. Had he not, you know, had that not been sacred to him or had he compromised, and I'm a big Rocky fan, we wouldn't have all the cool Rocky movies and probably everything else is that, that was inspired, you know, coming from that, like the Rambos and all that stuff. So it, it just goes to prove the point, guys, that if you've got something in you that you hold sacred, it's okay. Go with it. Right. Don't comp don't, don't compromise on things that are sacred to you. That, and I think that's a, that's a great way to close this because you're, you're talking about, you know, something that you have to live with. You have to live with yourself. You have to live with the things that you've done and what you've created in life. So yeah. make sure that whatever that is, is something that you're proud of and you can hold your name to it as your legacy. I mean, because we once we leave this earth, that's it. We're we're gone. <laughs> and all we have left on our basically our memories, our uh, you know, proof of evidence that we've existed, our and then our ideas. Our ideas live beyond a lot large, long, longer than, than we do with our own lives. You know, I mean, True. take a look at all the greatest artists that ever existed in history, right? Their music, their ideas, their art, they, that's why, that's why we do art because art is something that can transcend the individual. It, it can be the whole, it can be the, the world. Uh, so, you know, create something that's worth, you know, leaving around. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't just feed into the black void of 
you know, following others. What's normal? Find your, right? find your own sound. And that's what we teach at Metal Mastermind. That's absolutely what we teach. And speaking of teaching, guys, do go to metalmastermind.com. We have courses there, uh, several guitar courses out there. We've got a can you you've got a music theory course, we've got songwriting courses, uh, we've got production courses. We're making an upgrade to uh briefly, you want to you want to talk about the uh upgrade that we're making to the um our metal producer overlord course, the mixing series. Yeah, sure. Uh metal producer overlord is getting an update. Uh, we have a uh, symphonic metal uh, oh. element to this course that's being released. And actually, you uh, if you liked what you heard about Homeric, well, you're going to hear that in that course. You actually will be able to download awesome. all the multi-tracks from Homeric uh, for the upcoming album. And you'll be able to mess around with the orchestration, with the mix, and you'll learn what it takes to create symphonic metal. So, yeah, yeah, get on that. It's It's a meaty part of the course and i'm super excited about it when it's a free upgrade too guys so if you already have the course and many of you do uh again it's on metalmastermind.com click on that red button that says courses uh, and then you'll see uh, metal producer overlord mixing series that was done by nick z and this this guy i enjoyed chatting with him we'll have him on the podcast at some point because he's got a lot of uh, golden nuggets which we gave out one of those golden nuggets in the last podcast oh yeah uh, but yeah this is a free upgrade guys this is this doesn't cost you anything if you've already paid for the course of course you have it for a lifetime you're now you're going to see this soon um can uh, you can tell us when that's going to be released oh yeah i mean you're going to see this within a week Okay, awesome, <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. we're we're the the course is actually ready to go uh we're just putting our final touches to it and yeah. uh for those of you who have it it'll just be like logging in and there's new content and to light a fire under my own rear end ouch that kind of sounds painful but <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and announce again uh i am making uh, a, a small upgrade to ken's music theory course we have a course called metal music theory uh, I am going to be adding just a just a short bonus section that's relevant just for guitar players because I know a lot of people that have bought the course are guitar players. Uh, you know, I always tell people music theory is just music theory, right? It's not based on an instrument. So I, I would encourage people to not just go to the guitar part. Learn, you know, if you're really interested in this, learn that. Uh, but I am working on an upgrade for that, and I hope to have that. I'm going to give myself another two weeks to have it published. So that's awesome. coming soon. And I, I wanted to announce it on here because that will that will kick my own self in the rear in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, lots of good stuff that's happening coming yeah. down the pipeline for uh, Metal Mastermind. Um, stay tuned on more of that kind of stuff because it's going to rock your world, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Again, guys, go to MetalMastermind.com. Do check that out. Also, we've been putting uh, we've been sh putting short clips, just you know, seven nine minutes of the podcast on YouTube. Uh, so if you have any ideas on, on that you'd like for us to cover, do comment on the YouTube channel. Uh, we also post the podcast when it's released, which is every Tuesday at five a.m. We post the release on Facebook as well. So please leave comments if you have any ideas, uh, any things you'd like uh, for Ken and I to discuss. But guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, create your own sound.